This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, considering you said that we got control of the midfield when Bruno ca- when Donny came on, I'm very surprised. Fucking hell! Nobheads! Absolute nobheads! How have they fucking drawn this game? Nobheads! Coutinho with the goal as well. I'll swivel on it, you bloody ex-Liverpool prat. What a bunch of twats. How do you draw this game? Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. To discuss a double header against United, we've got a full team in. Mr. Dan Rogers, Mr. Phil Shaw, and Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Still acclimatizing uh, um, a few days back from uh, a trip to America now. And I, I must say, it was it was good to be back at a, at a proper sporting event that has proper crowds with Proper songs. No forced atmosphere. Like, let's go, Vela. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, Vela. Defense. I went to four games uh, in America, two ice hockey, two basketball. I must have met ice hockey for some reason. Anyways, uh, I was sitting next to a Nashville Predators fan. This is against New York. Nashville Predators beat them 1-0. It was a very good uh, defensive away, defensive display. And uh, I said to him, oh, you could have played all night here and you would you would have never conceded. And he said, yeah. And I said, and also, they've only got one song. And he said, yeah, I was thinking that. You know, it's pretty lame. He said, you should come to Nashville. We've got three songs. <laughs> <laughs> and I did go to Nashville as it was. and But... My God, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> COVID uh, postponed that game, so unfortunately. Said, come to so. Villa Park. We've got three songs about the referee <laughs> yeah, at least and uh, and they, they all involve swearing as well but yeah let's go whoever the insert team name and that's mm. it i mean i you know i, I enjoy going to uh, different games just with different experiences but uh, you do miss that real crowd uh, involvement and that improvised singing on the spot uh, you know reacting to and being uh, witty I mean, although to be honest, that the LA Laker fans uh, did have a second song when they got absolutely annihilated. Well, they got beat convincingly by uh, Memphis Grizzlies when I when I went to see them. They have "Let's Go Lakers," and then when they're getting beat, that transforms to "Fuck Off Lakers." <laughs> <laughs> and all the Lakers fans in the car park when we're getting back in the car, it's like "Fuck Off Lakers." 
I can buy into that. It's kind of weird <laughs> where you just go, you, you just turn... Uh, it's, it's like bipolar. Like, yeah, it's completely. It's like being a Villa fan. Yeah. Anyways, uh, how are you chaps, Mr. Rogers? How are you? Happy I'm New Year, Daniel. Out. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hello. Well, it, it's good to be back after the Christmas specials that seem to go down very well <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with the masses. Um, and, and now we have a messiah, a magician, um, almost... Magician messiah. And that's mm. only the new left back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's good, isn't he? What What have we done with the other guy? Oh, shame. Bye. Uh, <laughs> almost ruined by that injury phasing, injury feigning, weasel faced. Well, we'll get on to the game later. But what, what What about you and your new year? Yeah, more importantly, what about you? Good, good. Very, very busy uh, working and making sure the Villa Underground is keeping everyone appraised of every single transfer rumor. I know you like them, David. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't even bother. I just like wait until they sign. Why have you blocked uh, me? <laughs> but but oh yeah, sorry about that. But you are on the the side the the COVID free side of the podcast. Stand me and you, while the other two chaps have have had the experience. Well, it's it's our it. very strong immunity that I've I've told you I've I've drunk from the Holt End trough for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, nothing, not even a bowler can get me. How are you, uh, Mr. Shaw? All good. All recovered. Back to the full fitness. Oh, you're, you're fighting fit again. Uh, yes, I am. Fighting fit again. As fit new as, Year, New Shaw. Yeah, New Year, New Shaw. As fit as I'll ever be or ever was. <laughs> Take your pick which one you'd rather be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it is funny that after after a, after a trip to Birmingham that Phil's health deteriorated. Rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> you got the full smog effect. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's uh, kick on with this. Coming up in the show, we will get into... Uh, the Villa news, all these fancy new signings uh, before getting into a three points. Uh, well, there's, there's kind of three and a half points that just came up on uh, an extra one involving a coffin, <laughs> which uh, had to be in, inserted in there. After that, we will uh, quickly go through the latest media Muppet action of the week before getting into this double header. Unfortunately, we couldn't do... Uh, well, not unfortunately, because we got beat in that cup game and it would have just been venting anger. But we'll uh, comment on that game because uh, we've had a week of United. So Cheating uh, bastards! More than enough. It's more than enough. Yep. Right, sir... Uh... Let's start with uh, some news, shall we? Uh, shall we talk about Novak Djokovic's claim to be very extremely disappointed with the Australian uh, court decision to boot him out of the country so he can't uh, can't partake in the Australian Open? But he does get to go and sit on a beach in Dubai now. Or shall we talk about the latest villain news? Well, yeah, let's, let's go with the villain news. The Djokovic news <laughs> is fun, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was it was ultimately his team's. Uh, yeah, filled out. Wasn't he on a back? Wasn't he on a backpacking holiday? Though they take like those Argent Argentinian uh, football uh, federation when they're filling in their little uh, uh, ah, yes. forms as well. Anyway, first off, it's kind of the main headline is uh, Mr. Philippe Coutinho coming into the club on loan with an option to buy, uh, apparently uh, for uh, is it circa thirty three million. Supposedly. 
She's kind of lower than I expected, but that is I mean, a really, serious <laughs> loss on Barcelona's PL sheet, and it fuck. I mean, just quickly on Coutinho, I remember when Barcelona bought him for that much money, and I just thought, no fucking way. That is, you know, that that amount of money is, was at that time, uh, ri- you know, ridiculous. Well, con- considering they didn't have any money then, and they have even less now. <laughs> and you just saw that that is not sustainable. And by the way. You could have got him for less. You know, have you heard of like bartering and uh, you know negotiating? Because that's almost like they could have got him for half that amount, surely. Closer to half the amount, I would say, than what they paid. Well, and then to throw on top of it 380 grand a week like wages. I mean, that is, that is yeah. crippling. I mean, Coutinho's agent must be a genius. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I never remembered him being that amazing. He didn't. He didn't have that such. I mean, when Villa played him, it's not as if you shit in your pants because you're playing him. It was a. It's a bit of an odd one uh, there. Well, we had Benteke though, didn't we? Yeah, who was better than Coutinho in in the scheme of things? If you know, at the time he scored in that cup semi final, but we still won. Yeah, even you know, even even uh, he was good you know, the year he's... later though, when he that year, the year after when they nearly won the league, didn't he was brilliant yeah. that year though. But yeah, but no, I'm, I'm talking more about Barcelona being fools. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. my you know Barcelona friend. Uh, was out of nowhere mailing me, uh, messaging me, you know, saying thank you very much for taking that fraud off our hands. But he's, he, you know, he's only looked at that because of that ridiculous amount that Barcelona paid in the first place. That's not, that's not, that's not on Coutinho's head. I mean, if you can get away with that shit in terms of the wages, and the, you know, Liverpool can get away with that fee, then good luck to them. I don't think Barca have actually. Uh, they haven't even finished paying him for him, have they? No, no, they haven't. That was he was an example of football gone mad. Uh, if there is a perverse Villa connection to this, and I am going to mention the words Mustafa Hadji here, you're thinking, how can you connect this Mustafa Hadji? Right? I can't wait to hear the end of this. It's a good senior. But Villa, Villa infamously did, couldn't play him because they, we, we couldn't pay the the fee or wouldn't pay the fee to Coventry when he hit a certain amount of games. Now, Coutinho is known to have lots of add-ons in his contract that if Barcelona were to win certain things and there's certain triggers, that they would have to pay Liverpool, well, I presume over and above what they've agreed or a substantial yeah, part of the 142 million. So maybe, probably... maybe that's built into that total mm. amount. So they haven't paid all all of that so far, but still they've, they've paid a lot. Anyway, we'll are uh, we we'll talk about Coutinho in a Villa context uh, later on in the show. Then, uh, fast on his heels, Lucas Dean came from uh, Everton. Uh, I mean, Coutinho had... Gerard had spoken about him. You knew he was kind of coming, but Lucas Dean didn't even, you know, you didn't even need to read newspapers or uh, clickbait because he was basically doing the job himself, wasn't he? Well, he was on Instagram in the back of a car, and he looked like he was <laughs> on his way home from the pub, on the way <laughs> to get a kebab or something. Big fuck off Everton statement, and then <laughs> like, fuck you, here I yeah. fucking, fucking torch that bridge in the way out. <laughs> and then a, then a kind of here I come with the lions emoji, which you know suggests. Uh, that he was Villa bound, so it just made life easy. That one. Uh, we'll talk about him uh, l- later on in the, in the context because we've <laughs> actually obviously seen ninety minutes uh, of him. Meanwhile, uh, to go along with El Ghazi leaving the club to Everton and uh, Wesley get, Wesley being sent off. T- I, know, I know you're a big uh, El Ghazi fan, Mister Rogers. They pay fifteen million quid. <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying. That's no. just idiots He's putting that back. amount. I, mean, what you, I don't know what you're talking about. He, no Everton and no. No club's paying 15 million for El Well, well Benitez but... signed him and then the next day got sacked. No, he probably hasn't even met the guy who signed him yet, has he? He's probably only met he's... him on Zoom. He'll, be the first... He'll have his loan terminated tomorrow. 
Yeah, that, that, nobody's written. That's the first time I think people have put two and two together there with the, uh, hang on a minute, <laughs> within 24 hours of Al Ghazi coming in, the manager gets... Uh, Rafa was literally sabotaging Everton. Yeah, 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 bye, Luca Dean. <laughs> yeah, who do I want to get? Uh, it's Grant Holt available. No, uh, Al Ghazi, get Al Ghazi in. Also joining those loans, uh, the older Chuck Moeka and the younger Ramsey uh, are on their way out on loan. I can't remember where the Chuck Moeka's gone, where's he? He's gone, gone Livingston, hasn't he? Yeah, Scotland. All right, so he's gone north of the border while Ramsey's going on to, is it Cheltenham? Yeah. A few of uh, Villa youth players have come back from their loan periods, uh, but there has been another signing who will join the academy uh, at the moment, a 17-year-old central defender. Keir Smith joins from Dundee United and uh, obviously goes straight into the academy. Meanwhile, the under-23s uh, lost to Middlesbrough with uh, Louis Barry, Brad Young and uh, Rakti playing. Where are they at the moment? They're sixth, aren't they, in the league? But they're in the second tier of uh, under-23s. Yeah, and they lost basically all their squad because they were all out on loan. Yeah, they're still kind of in touch and distance. Uh, Just about. Fulham are walking it though, aren't they? Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype about our academy, but, you know, in terms of the actual where they are in the tiers, uh, they're still uh, second tier and uh, just above mid-table. So uh, if you zoom out, uh, there's still work to be done in terms of getting them up a a level for sure, because you really want to be in the the under-23s top tier, don't you? Yeah. For starters. Uh, meanwhile, the Villa ladies lost 3-0 to Manchester City, uh, having returned from a winter break. Uh, they had a few, co- I mean, they were never going to win that game, but they had a few COVID cases and injuries, but uh, played on. It looks like it's very much, uh, I would say, the bottom four teams fighting out uh, for that relic. Well, actually, I'll rephrase that. It looks like Birmingham are down. <laughs> four points out of uh, 12 games uh, then it's Leicester then it's Villa above them and then Everton one point uh, Villa on 10 points out of 11 so uh, well they've lost a few games uh, I think they lost four games on the trot yeah since since they beat the Blues 1-0 it's good of Douglas Dewey's to continue to offer additional one-to-one training uh, for the squad on TikTok yeah Mm. I mean as long as Villa beat Birmingham I think they're playing Leicester next if they can win that I think that's the season sorted out in terms of not getting relegated yeah but it's hard to make a dent beyond that the top five i mean if you can break into that that's that's level you know that's years away i think manchester city man united chelsea spurs arsenal because they've just got a different level of uh, infrastructure and money but anyway good luck to them we'll we'll see how they go right before we go on uh, it's time for a bit of uh, media muppets Right, Mr. Shaw, what's uh, in the medium Muppet trough this week? Well, this week, it's a bit of a novelty. It's, it's Bruno Fernandes is in the medium Muppet trough. Has he, has he got his own newspaper? Well, he, he, I wouldn't read it if he did. Since he's been, he was put up for media, <laughs> he was put up for media duties for United. I think he qualifies. Now, there is a, a, plenty of outlets. The, the Birmingham Mail, Daily Mirror, basically all the reach ones, um, used the headline, Angry Fernandes Reveals Tunnel Confrontation to Describe the Incident. And I'm sure plenty yeah, sure, What incident? Oh, Plenty of Villa players would like to confront Bruno in the tunnel, but it was the pantomimist playmaker himself who confronted the officials. He said, I was just asking the referee why they were making the fourth sub when Wendia was injured in the shoulder, said Fernandez. I mean, is he fucking serious? This is Bruno Fernandez questioning someone's injury. I mean, Bruno makes Trezeguet look believable. And he's like he's questioning somebody's injury. I mean, he missed the, the elbow from like the already booked marriage in the side of Wendia's head, which would have allowed a concussion sub. But better than that, 
he's complaining and bitching the whole way down the tubble, down the tunnel, and the substitution didn't even happen. So I think he's, he's nothing to complain about. It's a I mean, fantasist. Yes, considering Villa wanted more time to try and win the game, and Buendia was one of the best players on the pitch, you know, Bruno should concentrate on his own behaviour, which saw not one but two miraculous resurrections from what he made look like career-ending injuries. You've managed, you've managed here to kind of crowbar your your hatred to Fernandez into the Media Muppets column, and excellent when, when work, Phil. Yes. Irrelevant. I mean, you, 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 did put, you, you put crowbar and Fernandez in the same sentence there, and that's not the way I would have put them in the same sentence. If only. <laughs> I think we should move on. Right, let's uh, move on to uh, the three points. Well, this is an interesting one because uh, (laughs) institutional racism back in the 1990s, I remember uh, Cameroon versus England, quarterfinal World Cup, England were in trouble big time and uh, Cameroon had a great tournament. England were 2-1 down, Cameroon looking lightly, I remember sweating away thinking, oh shit, this could be embarrassing. Uh, in terms of the mainstream media. And then uh, crash, bang, wallop, Cameroon gave away two penalties. And I think it was John Motson who labelled it African naivety, mm. which if he said that today, uh, he would be cancelled instantly. But uh, you look at the Af- African Cup of Nations so far, and it's barely been going a couple of uh, days. It's and, uh, to say the least, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone tuning in for the football? Or just the complete <laughs> comedy of errors? I mean, uh, the word shambles, I, I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to say that about it? Surely, because uh, it is uh, shambolic. It's pretty much every game, there's something at the moment. It's like, you know, where do we start? Uh, well, Mar- Mauritania played Gambia, and they got the wrong national anthem played, not once, but twice before the game. They got it wrong and this on is some- two occasions. <laughs> and this is something they've been guilty of as a as a competition before, I think. Does anyone know the words to Flair of Scotland? No, no. <laughs> The players were forced to sing the anthem uh, without music uh, as well, because obviously they didn't bring along yeah, the music. It's just... <laughs> Come on, so there, there was an embarrassment, and uh, welcome to the Afcon. Uh, thank you for uh, turning up. I mean, was it there? Any? It was a second ever yeah. Afcon appearance. But that you know, that's kind of small fry. They've they've done they've made that mistake before in the tournament. My favourite one was the old uh, what's his name, Yanni. Uh, Sikazwi, the referee who blew up for fi- uh, full time twice. Was it once? Uh, uh, 80, when was the first one? Five minutes, and then the eighty ninth minute. Oops. This was uh, was it Mali versus Tunisia. Tunisia? And it was interesting because I think um, Tunisia they obviously went back into the changing rooms, and the Mali officials went to the you know the powers that be for the competition and said, "Are oh, we? You know, we're more than happy to go out and finish the game. Obviously, they're one nil up." Yeah. You know, we'll go and play the last wave. It would have been like three minutes of injury time or whatever was due. Who knows? Tunisia, on the other hand, were kind of clever and went, actually, we're going to refuse to go out and play this because if, if according to the competition rules, apparently, if you don't get up to 90 minutes, you have to replay the game. So, of course, they were losing. They're thinking, well, actually, we might as well hedge our bets here and try and get the yeah, game. Yeah, but did they realise they're in Africa? <laughs> there are no rules. I mean, this referee has previously been suspended uh, due to corruption allegations. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And he was swiftly uh, taken and- to hospital and noticed yes. as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the you know the the head of uh, Afcon's head of referees, uh, Assam Ab- Abdel Fattah, came out with some great quotes after saying that the referee suffered from heat stroke and severe dehydration, which uh, led to him losing focus, and he was taken to the hospital. It caused him to lose time in the 80th minute, and he ended the match in the 85th minute. Well, I think a watch doesn't suffer from heat stroke <laughs> and dehydration, does it? Not twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of you just press start and it counts up to ninety minutes. I think that's how it works. So uh, some great trying to backtrack uh, excuse making here. Look, they sent him back on. He was insisting. No, 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 <laughs> we're done. But yeah, but it, there's been other stuff, hasn't there? There was a massive, there was like a mass brawl after one of the games, like a pro, not like a, you know, a bit of Premier League handbags, like full on everyone piling in. It was like ice hockey or when like, both benches empty in baseball. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Trezeguet playing centre midfield. I mean, what's, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but on the other hand, there's been some brilliant goals as well. It's just the whole thing's just explosive. Like the football, some of the goals, I think it was Ian Atcho scored an absolute worldie in the first game. Unbelievable goal. It is a good competition, and also especially with the World Cup coming to keep a track. You know who who are the, yeah, the yeah. forces uh, to come from Africa. But it's just it's the bureaucracy. It's it's the people who are running the show. I mean, because they should have uh, a setup now fit for purpose. Because a lot of African players now are playing in the top leagues. They used to, uh, and they're the top, the top they're the, level they're the top players in top leagues. And yeah, some of them are the best players in the world. So to then have to go back to Africa to play in shambolic, uh, I mean, it's amusing from to, for the outsider. But if you're uh, at that level and used to, uh, you're giving up time because your uh, clubs that are paying your wages are actually in their in in their full season. So uh, you know, clubs are doing it reluctantly. Players are probably doing it reluctantly, but although they obviously they want to play for their country. But then to uh, you know have to. Uh, contend and be subjected to you know this kind of farce uh, there must be some very nervous parent clubs i think over the course of this yeah tournament i I mean bloody our own treore he he went there villa have just written him off haven't they they've just thought they've thought right let's get coutinho in we'll never see never see Truro (laughs) or trez i mean why are they picking up why are they picking spurs and arsenal for all these amazon prime documentaries afcon the movie that's that's what you want Yes, that's a good point. I, I would watch that. That's actually a good idea. Other than I wouldn't watch Traore, you know, he landed, gave gave away, gave away a penalty, and now he's got COVID again. The, the hours of footage, it would be series upon series, wouldn't it? Editor's nightmare. There's just too much good stuff. All right, anyway, point number two, uh, this one you may have already heard of. It's kind of amusing. Uh, English side Chester uh, had been hit by a uh, COVID ban uh, relevant to... Uh, Welsh sides because their stadium, their stadium is a mere couple of meters over the Welsh border. Even though administration-wise, uh, they are an English club because everything else is the other side of the border. Basically, they're set up on a border. They could now be faced to play games with crowds of uh, as low as fifty people. In fact, the ticket office and car park are in uh, the English side of the border, but the actual pitch is in Wales. <laughs> Good job the Aussies aren't in charge. <laughs> you'd buy yeah. a ticket, you'd pay <laughs> deported immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. After four days in an asylum <laughs> asylum centre <laughs> Cardiff. Chester MP Chris Matheson said the situation is absurd. The only access to the ground is from the English side and games are policed by Cheshire police. 
This is like something from the medieval times or something. It's you would have thought, or, 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 or have thought they'd have sorted this out already. Yes, or from over here. I mean, <laughs> you could go for a walk down the road. What's that? What country, man? Yes, this country, that country. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've plenty of experience in this. I think this is just a an admin query. This is fine. I think it's a belt. And I mean, when you see the picture <laughs> of the map, it's hilarious. Like the, the line of the border, like, actually wraps around the side of the stadium. It's brilliant. Phil, are you suggesting that we, we we should use the northern and southern Irish border as as, as an example of how to do it? <laughs> <laughs> I've known, noticed there's been one or two one or two problems over the years, but we're yeah. in, we're done together. This this podcast's getting very geographical. Uh, uh, it's multi multinational, especially the three points. Where we're going to go? We're going to go around the world on the third point, which right. actually to has Asia. two uh, two points. Yeah, let's go to Asia, but we're going to segue off to South America on this one. Uh, Kazuyoshi Marura now has the uh, is it the claim? Yes, yeah, the, the tag claim to be the world's uh, oldest professional footballer as he signed for a new club at the age of fifty four years no, old. Brad Friedel was older than that <laughs> yeah, when he actually joined. Was so. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, Mr. Mayora is actually this probably the second uh, oldest But the team he signed also. for, it just sounds brilliant. Oh, yes. Jap- Japanese fourth-tier side, Suzuka Point Getters. <laughs> Good it's, name. It sounds like a b- basketball team, uh, if you ask me. And it's basically his brother who signed him. Yeah, his brother's the manager, isn't yeah. he? So uh, no nepotism So he had offers from other teams whatsoever. in Japan and for overseas. Um, he, he, was, he was playing for Yokohama FC in the J-League. Obviously, they're one of the big boys in... Um, in Tokyo, but chose to reunite with his family, which will be his 15th club of his career. We're going to reunite with him in heaven. Oh. <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> He's made 89 appearances for the national side and is the country's second highest all-time scorer with 55 goals. They're still going to have to pay his wages, even, you know, 54-year-olds, because he's, you know, he's got that reputation. But, you know, if they just look to South America, they could have got a striker where they didn't have to pay any wages because he's dead <laughs> I like well, the Villa link though the fact that they, they call this guy King Kazoo I think that's a great name but uh, this is the funniest funniest things I've seen uh, for a while in the world of football anyway a, uh, a dead Chilean footballer is being celebrated uh, and his former teammates kind of set him up so he could score a goal from his coffin as a farewell tribute to his striking prowess <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Esconda died in the final days of 2021, but his friends from Chilean side Prision de Pain yeah. wanted to celebrate the life of the uh, goal-scoring forward. So there's a picture of they've laid his coffin uh, inside the uh, six-yard box. I mean, he's proper goal hanging, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. a super goal Need hanging. VAR, check that one. Yeah. <laughs> his gasket's upside it's, it's, it's early season Wesley it's, that's what it is he's just lying there waiting for the ball Wesley would have missed there's a goalkeeper in there but there's a there's a there's a portly chap basically kicking the ball against the coffin to get a rebound that, you know to go goal goal wise I mean he's offside straight away never mind the coffin and he's interfering big crowd actually for that for that uh, for those shenanigans so yeah, so, but the headline was the best. For the clickbait headline, it was dead soccer player in coffin scores goal to delight of Chilean fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best headline I've ever read, I think, in a football clickbait context. It's good, I'm having that. What an eclectic three points that was. <laughs> 
dead soccer player in coffin scores goal to delight of Chilean <laughs> fans. You've got to click that. You get you're like, what is this? You can't not. I mean, I'd have to read it. Just quickly before we move on, a uh, shout out to uh, the sponsors of this episode. Free Trade. Free Trade is a commission-free app that allows you to build your investment portfolio, buying shares and EFTs, uh, which you can control and set up all on your mobile phone. If you uh, sign up on the link, uh, freetrade.io stroke moms, you will get uh, a free share to the value of £3 to £200 to uh, get yourself going once the account is funded. As with all investments, your portfolio may go down as well as up and your capital is at risk. But uh, if you wanted to uh, get your finances and well, long-term wealth uh, off to a, uh, a more focused start in 2022, then uh, check it out, uh, freetrade.io slash mom. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. Double header against United. Well, we won't go through them one by one. We'll just talk about them all in with a bigger focus, obviously, on the more recent encounter at Villa Park. Obviously, revenge was in the air and... Uh, we were expecting some United players back, but they, they weren't really back, were they? No. Nah. Uh, Ronaldo. Sancho was due to be, you'd have thought he would have started. Maguire was due back. No sign of him. Meanwhile, Villa got some reinforcements in for the uh, revenge bout with Coutinho, obviously, uh, starting on the bench, a bit below match fitness. So uh, any minutes at the moment uh, are all in the plus column. While uh, Lucas uh, Dean uh, started in the place of Matt Target, who you'll never hear of ever again. Who? <laughs> Unless, unless okay, someone's, I was going to say, unless someone's scoring a goal in off his coffin. No, 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 it's too soon. No, 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 no I didn't. Oof, I'm raw, sorry, listen, raw. listen, listen, it's, it's been replaced, except it's been replaced. <clears throat> but, but this, as well as a chance for revenge, more importantly, this was a chance to do the bloody double over United, which is not something uh, we have have much claim to. Uh, we've, we've won a FA Cup more recently than the last time we did that. It's 1954-5. Yeah. And so that was the, uh, the the premise here. And and it was good to see. I mean, we were 2-0 down. We'll, we'll get to the game. But, you know, even at the end when we got it back, we were, we were going for the win. And, and that was important. But you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. No problems with uh, the starting lineup. It was probably to be expected from Villa. Yep. And you saw the United team. But, now. You look at it at half four and you think, Wow, we should probably be beating these today. We definitely went in it to win it, I think, until the ref blew for the kickoff. And <laughs> then, eight minutes uh, later, it all went to shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the start. Atrocious. To me, it felt like that Manchester City game, but Manchester City were pressing us and forcing us back when we were trying to play it out the back. Manchester United were almost like, well, see what you can do, see if you can get out your own half. But they weren't really pressing. They were, they were kind of sitting back 
just staying organized and uh and it was like i don't know i was like watching mings trying to be glenn hoddle or something mm. and uh <laughs> it, went well. it was painful yes i mean well i i think you know played a lot better in the game and the league game than they did in the cup game the cup they game did, they were awful fair. um Definitely. Villa would have wanted the ball, didn't know they would really wanted to be at United straight from the side. Would have been revenge, but United just didn't. They just didn't let that happen. A bit like Brighton, they just sort of like killed the game, and then Villa just through their own misfortune, they ended up in their own box most of the first 10, oh. 15 minutes. But in terms of like playing out, I mean, let's let's just go go straight to it. What do you change there? Because it seemed it wasn't working. I mean, obviously, after ten minutes, you go, well, this isn't working. So come on, do something more. You know, hit the channels, uh, play a bit more direct. I mean, poor old Lucas Dean spent most. I mean, people at the game would have seen him with his hand in the air, standing out wide on the touchline in space. I may add, like, give and, me the ball. Uh, give me the ball. Nobody did. I mean, I mean, in order to get attention, some attention off anyone, he had to try and snap a United player in half. I mean, it's the job of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it got it made the point, and it, it, uh, my my view on the early exchanges were that we were we were standoffish, and I think a bit Passive, ta- a bit taken aback. I don't know why, because I thought United were dreadful in the in the in the cup game. Um, that they were much better, but it was even when and we would talk about the goal in a minute. It was like we were surprised that they were they were as surprised as us because they were getting into our beyond our halfway line with absolutely no no pressure on them and then they got that yeah. dubious free kick when we were playing out the back oh, this, is, it sorry, this is my point it was, it was the playing out the back which slowly. to me just really slowly methodically and oh, the opposition yeah. could stand on the halfway line and just watch and go well do something yeah. then the difference in the two games were for probably 70 minutes at old trafford on the on the you know the cup game Villa could play through the lines pretty easily, so you know, it was easy easy for Louise to play through midfield, easy for Ramsey to run into midfield and Buendia, and those guys who want to sort of drive us forwards. Ranić got wise to that with about 20 minutes to go and put Van der Beek in, and they played like a diamond in the middle. And they had Cavani. Yeah. You could see it at Villa. Cavani was actually not really playing as a centre-forward particularly. He was yeah. just standing on Louise and going, well, if I just stand here, Louise isn't going to... And this is where you have to sort of have a pop at Louise because everything's meant to start with him. You know, he'll take it off Mings, yeah. take it off Conza if you can't go to the wide men. Louise was almost marked out of the game in the number six position well, because of his lack of movement. Did you not think and it Sanson showed? Sanson wasn't dynamic enough to well, sort of... Sanson grew into the game, didn't he, apart from that, that bad error in the second half. Um, and the tackle that he was... But, obviously, it was his foul, wasn't it? For this? It is up to those two to provide, provide some and movement. Tempo, oh, you know, to dictate the play. I agree. To help, you okay. know, help Mings out when he's got the ball to give him an actual option to get things moving with actual intent. I agree with you, because know, essentially they had you know, two forwards and you know, Watkins is always a willing runner. I'd have just hit the corners and say, well, at least turn yeah. around and just give him something different to think about. I'm not saying all the time. I'm no, just, just saying once in, you know, once you know every every so often because it was so, you know, just plodding it was pl- around it was the passive, back. Passive, I think, as Gerard called it, unpredictable. But the it was very easy for Manu. It was, but the the it you know we missed McGinn badly, and and Sanson is, isn't a like for like swap, and uh, no. It, uh, it's a strange state of affairs, and I think this is why we're looking so hard in the transfer market for a, for a DM. We lack that Nakamba type figure. Um, yeah. disrupting and in, and in that space yeah. and we looked a bit weak didn't we we did well and, and against a, a Man United side I mean Cavani's quite physical um, uh, you know can Matic play some of, the, some of the dark arts and Fernandez, of course is, is falling over if you're, any, if you're anywhere near him um, and, that, and that was the bit I think the, the thing that I suppose that, and I, the point I would make is that we and I suppose what you're saying David as well is that we didn't learn in the first 15-20 minutes we kept doing the same repeating the same mistakes yeah 
Um, and that's no different to some of the things that Jared say, Gerard is saying. Sorry, that you know we've got to we've got to learn from from these mistakes. And the, the thing that carried across the two games, how many unforced errors and passes it was frightening. In stupid yeah. positions. I mean, this this was the, the the strange thing. A lot of players did some very good things in the game, but they also did some very bad things. These are individuals. Each had the Jackal and Hyde, you know, had their own Jackal and Hyde moments. But we'll we'll get to those in a second. Uh, first goal. Uh, so we're speaking of Jackal and Hyde moments. Uh, Mr. Martinez, who uh, t- kind of took his focus off the actual game. He was he wasn't playing to the whistle. He, the what Fernandez did. The little touch at the the start of that free kick just seemed to. Uh, well, no one responded. Yeah, it was, it was Alex, it was Tellez, wasn't it? It was the little little roll over the ball, just put his foot on the ball and then Fernandez picks it up. And It wasn't yeah. a particularly good strike either, I no. didn't think. He, he fluffed it, he bounced in front of yeah. him. I think Cavani put his leg up. I think Martinez was yeah. playing yeah. through a deflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ings, by the time Ings noticed, he was the first man. He flung himself at it, but it was too late. I mean, it was, it's, just, yeah. it's, 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 it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. I thought the United left winger, Alanga, he was, it's almost like United stumbled upon a decent... First eleven, a decent eleven. That's better than without some of their big yeah, headers. He's quick. He's lively. Yeah, he is a good player. There was too much space uh, for him to run at as well. I mean, uh, we we just weren't sharp to it. And uh, as, as you say, Martinez, I think was expecting that deflection of Cavani, which never came. But then he seemed to be, you know, focused on uh, getting the referees. You know, were basically hiding his trying to cover his blushes. I think. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, freak. I mean, we haven't had one of those since the days of Enkuman and Sorensen in local derbies, thank God. But no. but I, I would say over, over the game, he redeemed himself. He did. But as Gerard said after, I mean, you know, mistakes you can legislate for. You know, it's not as if Martinez is fucking up all the time. But, no. you know, the whole 10 responded very they supportively did, stra- straight away to back their man. And, uh, you know, we know it's a, a one-off, so no no problem with that. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. And then strangely, you kind of, you know, Man you sort of huffed and puffed a bit. But actually Villa looked, I wouldn't say comfortable, but Man U, you thought if they want, if they want to go through the gears here, because we basically let them in the game. You know, they haven't got. They've still got more than enough firepower in that team to to cause you trouble. And you thought if they want to here, they can kill the game by half time if they get the second. I, I thought it was a very they, strange. They the ground. Well, it didn't. Let, we didn't respond, game, did we? Um, no. And and I thought that was the, it was the first time really. I've been had no opinion really on the Ings and Watkins debate to this to this point. But it was the first time I thought, yeah, this this isn't working for whatever reason. And um, that there was a couple of moments where we were getting into good positions, and uh, you know, Watkins struggled I th- throughout the whole game. Yeah, he he was somebody that I mean, you know, I was thinking about it, and people around me were thinking, get it, he's having a stinker here. He's just not, so, he's just not on it. Was just passing him by for some. Just wasn't sharp. Yeah, and, and Ings comes in for a lot of stick, but he he, for just my opinion, he seemed to be the one trying to run the channels, um, lots of energy. And holding the ball up. Trying to hold the ball up. I, I think Watkins just had a, a, a bad game and I, it might be how we're deploying him and him not liking the system, but it doesn't feel a very natural partnership to this point. Is it a partnership? It's not as if it's two up top. They are playing... But they play close together. That's the thing. Mm, rolls in the, in the side, yeah. To, I think if Watkins had have actually stayed out wide, we, we play a very narrow system at the moment anyway to try and allow the, the sort of what wing-backs, they're full-backs, aren't they? But those full-backs to yeah. kind of bomb on a little bit. So you, you naturally are quite narrow because Buendia steps in. Obviously, Coutinho is going to want to step in. Ramsey's his natural instinct is to step inside which when you're playing nice interplay and I'll, I'll, one thing I will sort of comment on certainly as the game went on and in the second half um, similar to what Old Trafford some of our one two touch little bits of interplay certainly between Ramsey Buendia little bits of Louise absolutely superb later on though later on in the game on. but at Old Trafford you saw it when Man yeah. were more open we could play through them and that's what Villa want to do they want to play through the lines but 
you need to have a, an alternative when you can't, because not every team is going to allow you to do that. We did have opportunities in the first half, though, and, and I thought yeah. this is a, a bit of a victim of we're a bit of a victim of how I think some of the highlights have been cut and a bit of revisionism on how hard done to United have been through some of the press I've seen in the aftermath. You know, Buendia had a, a fantastic header saved in the first half. Yeah. Dean uh, ran onto a... He had a great a, effort, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Dean ran onto one that was saved well by De Gea again to his legs. I thought De Gea was excellent, actually. Well, I thought they were all routine saves There's one much. in the second half, isn't there, from Ramsey, the low one. That was a really yeah, good save. Yeah, that was probably, probably his best save, but a lot of them were kind of straight at him. I mean, the Dean one was straight at him. Buendia's header, pretty much straight at him. Yeah. I mean, Buendia's surprisingly good in the air. In the box, that's a few times now. There's the one that's um, the Leicester game where he got a head on one as well. And it, it's just a, a smart um, just smart movement in the box getting getting on to it. But when you, if you're going to talk about uh, Dean, the, the, apart from chopping the United player in half, the difference in Dean and target was, was night and day. I mean, Dean didn't really need to do much defending. It was all in his attack. I mean, he was so high up the pitch. And it was when he, when he got the ball, it was like, there was no slowdown. There was no noticeable drop in pace. It carried on. You know, yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. was the real difference. That's a very good point. And he was wait, waiting to catch out the fullback, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. His instincts, he's got the pace, hasn't he, to take them on, which target you never fancied him in a one-on-one. Dean's first thought is, I'm either going to get to the byline and beat you, but either way, this ball's going in the box, or if there's a passing yeah. side on, I'm going to get the return ball. The overlap is a nightmare for defenders because, especially when you're looking at a player who you think is, is not just capable of beating you, but actually delivering a ball, a ball into the box. It's it's very very dangerous. And yeah. uh, you, you, you need to tell this to our centre back. <laughs> well, <laughs> it took us until and, and, late. And, and, and into anybody the game. else who just ignored Dean uh, when he was out there because he was in some great positions and at some moments the only only player to have space around him. So uh, it was unfortunate. Contrast that to the first fixture, and I think that I don't want this to sound like a bagging out target exercise because they're very different players but you, you saw immediately how offensive minded that, that Dean is and that the, the positioning as well and that you know whenever we had the ball and we're trying to play it from the back he's not waiting for a square ball he's, he's looking to burst beyond the halfway yeah. line we'll it's get not, into that uh... And that's it's not a, a flat four, is it? Well, he's no. always he's the progressive one. Yeah, and yeah. he's can't you know when did he arrive? Wednesday, Thursday at Villa Park. You know, n- mm. no one will have no one's played any time with him. They can't be familiar with with where he'll be on the pitch. And it's no coincidence that both goals came from that side. I mean, Dean being there and being wide just made more space. Well, it allows yeah. your right-footed players naturally you think. Well, we know we've got a left footer who can deliver, so you have to cover that option. So you know, Buendia, Ramsey, Coutinho. Are all right-footed players, and then their first, you know, their first thought is, "I'm going to cut inside, and I'm either going to play through them, which we did for both goals. We'll come on to that, or they're going to switch switch the play." What is it with French fullbacks uh, being ignored? Because remember, uh, <laughs> Freddie Gilbert, <laughs> Freddie Gilbert, in his early games would just suddenly sprint like a madman, like just straight, straight line to the advertising boards, <laughs> bomb it with his with his arm up, and it's like, yeah, just please, he's through, he's through. But everybody just would ignore him. It was almost like a novelty run. I have no idea. But anyway, Franco Phobes. I was impressed with him with his, you know, with his sort of, what was it, you know, a difficult assignment for your first game, as Dan said, on limited, um, you know, tactical time. Fortunately for him, of course, you know that match-wise he's up to fitness, he'll know the opposition and he knows the pace of the league. Yeah, I mean, he, he was caught out once mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Greenwood... Uh, Got the other side of him and uh, had you know just whisked it past yeah. the post. But you know that was the only time. It's not as if uh, it was a kind of suicide mission going. But in up. the end, I thought you know we went in sort of one nil down at half time. We'd we'd improved a bit in the end of the first half, but you just knew that. I think me and you, me and you David, were sort of saying you know Gerard's going to give him an absolute bollocking here. 
Yeah, it was so obvious. And they were poor. I mean, you know, I, I think I said to you at half time, I was like, you know, it's it's all right. The whole kind of, we're, you know, we're spent 30 million on this player, 30 million on this, 25 on this. We've got Coutinho. But if this is what we're having to watch, what, you know, what is going wrong here? I mean, is it just a the issue of uh, time and, you know, these players need to play together and obviously, you know, United aren't. They've obviously had a chance to play us and they've altered how they've set up against us this time to uh, not allow us to play through them because it was pretty shambolic at the halfway mark and it wasn't it wasn't feeling or looking no. good and then obviously you, know, you had the, the Conser injury and then it got worse you have the Conser injury going in at half time um, well he should have gone off immediately yeah he should have come off immediately yeah well Conser came on at half he came on the yeah. pitch during the half time break to try to run and it was pretty evident straight away that he wasn't yeah I think ready. that was like an impact injury apparently I heard from someone after the game but um Actually, I thought Courtney Hawes came on and he was probably the only player who was thinking, we need to move the ball quickly here. The big switch is on because Dina holds the touchline. Yeah. And it was probably three times, I guess, Hawes hit him each time. It made a huge difference. And that was obviously, uh, I think Gerard was saying, look, I've just signed this guy for 25 million. He's standing out of his hand in the air in acres of space. Pass to and him. And there's a fullback who's <laughs> asking to be got at. Perslow's told, told me Even to pass on the Even if you don't like the, the French. Pass to him. Can you pass to that twenty-five million pound left back I've just bought you? Yeah. Please make him feel involved. <laughs> but man, you—I mean, defensively. Let's be f- frank. You know, it was the same at Old Trafford. It was the same when we played them earlier in the season at Old Trafford as well. Defensively, they are completely there to be got at. You have to be brave. You can't just sit back against them. You saw that when you know when Wolves went there last week. Deserve, you know, they battered them for sort of 85 minutes, finally got the goal they deserve. But. Let's build up to this so we can talk about this a bit more. Uh, let's get the second oh goal out of the way. Painful. Uh, Sanson, Sanson was having an okay-ish game without really giving us anything dynamic, but then uh, under hit pass after he was kind of uh, challenged. A few people have said, oh, Mings should have got to that. No. There's no I way think, Mings I think can Mings, get if to he that. commits, though, he can take the man out there. He can, he can actually stop the problem. Well... Yeah, after that ball's played, he can't get to that yeah, ball. I think before, it happens uh, so the quick. Player. It's, it's mm. too far away. You've got to look at it, and and also he'd be sacrificing his position and leaving that man free. So if he doesn't get yep. to it, and he he was he was too far away. It's, no, it's, it's on, on Sanson. I agree, but I think Mings can actually probably, if he has to, he can just foul Fred, and and that goal doesn't happen. And what I would say off. about Sanson is, in the same spirit that people aren't feeling sorry at all for my target, and he's just been completely replaced. I do the same to Sanson. I mean that he, he hasn't put enough credit in the bank. I know he hasn't had the chance, but he hasn't put enough credit in the bank to be forgiven for mistakes like that. I mean, oh, a mistake happens here, a mistake happens here. But you know, targets made the, the two or three mistakes here, and everybody's like, oh, see a target. Here's here's Dean. No worries. If somebody else comes in, I've no I've no problem. I mean, just because he kicks a few water bottles over and says something nice afterwards. Well, yeah, it was to anybody who didn't see it, he was furious when he went off. He, he kicked the water bottle uh, to great effect, and then he was kind of uh, remonstrating when he went down in, to sit down in the bench. He was uh, not happy he, at all. Well, yeah. But was he not happy with himself? Well, he said he wasn't happy uh, with himself, was he? which I mean, is, is the right attitude. But I mean, he was, like, like we said before, yeah. he was tidy and everything else, but he didn't set the world on fire. I mean, he, he didn't find Dean enough time. You'd think, you know the understanding they would have because obviously the two two countrymen there there would be he would be trying to find him more but um even when that ball comes into him he's out of position he's he's like off balance i mean let the ball come into you sort of control it and you know if you're getting pressured from the back you know take a free kick there not like a slide and leave it short it was just well he's he's on probation isn't he now because sanson arrived at the club at the 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 transition stage didn't he that he's been pretty much injured hasn't he yeah Yeah. since since his arrival 
But he, you know, he is a he is a lang man, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out. I think there's a, a, a very good footballer there, but I, I agree do. with what you said, David. You see it in sort of fleeting moments, don't you? Where um, you know, you need you need your top players, especially those builders, Champions League players. From, you know, who was he? Marseille, wasn't he? Um, that those are the games you got to shine and really stand stand out, head and shoulders. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do that. And you know, if tar- if targets get an axe because we're upgrading, then uh, that should be the mantra throughout the Dan, whole Dan team. Dan said it earlier. You, you saw it at Old Trafford in the cup game. You saw McGinn full flow in that game. Physical, he's aggressive. He's forcing the issue with the ball. He's carrying it. Yeah. Sanson doesn't have that. Because obviously Louise isn't a big, strong number six. He's a ball playing six. McGinn gives him protection because he's he gives you the aggression and he gives you that just natural drive. It's in his personality. Drives yeah. you forward. Sanson, you don't look at him and go, yeah, he's going to run the game for us today. No, because he's too much like Mathieu He's just Bresson. a bit not quite anything, <laughs> is he? He's not a mean number six. He's not uh, a ball playing like run the typical game. Typical French yeah, midfielder. Jordan Veretu is the other one. He's um. not sort of physical. He's not. <laughs> yeah. He's not quite anything. Wait, why don't we get the Petits and Vieiras? Why do we get these Bursons? Yeah. These tidy Jury's chaps. Be out on him, I, think. I, I think these tidy chaps are good for the French league, the Spanish league, second the Italian round of league. the league cup. <laughs> yeah, second round of the league. Cup. But the, for the Premier League, you need like you need your Petits and your Vieiras uh, if you're going to shop. Yeah. In well, what's, unique, what's unique about him? That's this is the thing. What he's yeah. no, he's I mean bring back. Well, they'll don't bring him back. But I mean, if you're putting her hand in there, you can say, well, set piece delivery shots. There's what he's got. And well, end end yeah. product. End product. Sanson. But Sanson was signed and he was billed to, to us and, and to Grealish as box to box with bite. Well, I'm, I'm not, not sure about the that. bite bit. The tackle. I'm not seeing no. that at all. And that's what we needed from his I mean, he position. puts himself and, about uh, every now and, no, and then. Nowhere but he's to not be seen. dominant. And he's not sort of tall or dominant in the air. It's like he, he doesn't realise he's got to yeah. do more to impress the striking against league. Manu, when you looked at their midfield, you've got Matic, who's old, Fred, who's very fragile. It's a midfield that he's asking to be run through. And actually... You saw later in the game, as soon as we got on top and started moving the ball around at pace, you just thought, these are there for the taking. How are we 2-0 down to this mob? Coutinho obviously took all the uh, the highlights and, uh, the, sorry, the headlines. But Wayne for me, well, we'll get on to him actually uh, in, separately. But for me, Chuck Moeka got himself yep. around and uh, Ramsey yeah, just seemed to be another yep. man. He, he just, he just he, exploded once, once he had those players that he could play. I mean, you looked at Coutinho, he gives, you know, gives and goes a lot and there was a lot more movement interplay between Ramsey and Coutinho and Chip Moeka and suddenly uh, United were like you know we were buzzing around their heads and that you know they were they were off the, off balance and and we had yeah, R- Ramsey as he's, he's completely two-footed you've no <clears throat> maybe that's why there's a bit of indecision in himself because he knows both his feet are so good he doesn't know which one he's going to hit it with because I mean left foot against Norwich right foot against Arsenal and then left foot again here just fantastic strikes all of them yeah but if, if you need Chuck Moeke I need you know he was only on for a quarter of an hour but he he was getting in there and uh, he was kind of winning that second ball as well like when Mings uh, did his Trojan run was through really uh, three United players it was Chuck Moeke that kept that going before uh, Coutinho and uh, Ramsey you know put the icing yeah, on yeah it's brilliant there. that first one we'll, you know, we'll obviously move on to the goal the, the, both goals were brilliantly played like great football We've been seeing little bits of this. Yeah. We saw a lot of it at Old Trafford without any end product. We saw little bits of it in the first half against Chelsea, at Brentford. We saw it at Norwich. But it's can we put it together for 90 minutes? And if we control the game, because for sort of what, maybe the last 20 minutes, and for bits of the second half, we looked good and we had a few moments. But the second goal, you thought, 
oh, that will kill the game and the atmosphere will die. But actually, we came back quite relatively quickly, got that first goal, and then it changed the complexion completely. It was such a villain moment, wasn't it, that the second that Coutinho took his shirt off and everyone, you heard the whole crowd go, (gasps) (laughs) Fernandez the shithouse. Yeah, scored. (laughs) Pings the ball in. It was such a villa (laughs) villa moment, but... But we showed character and you, you can't really argue with that. We can did you? and I, I, I'm happy, you know, we've all watched Villa and we've all watched football long enough and we've all watched Man United at Villa Park. I mean, is it... Break hearts on a yearly well, basis. I mean, we're not, we, we, it's not a game we've won other than, I think, was it the 95 yeah. season? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 22 home <laughs> so games. 2-0, without, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, no one was expecting frankly. it. And I think that the, it, it, this is the real optimistic point under under Gerard is that there is a a belief that we're not out of the game and and we're starting to we're starting to show that I think we've you just mentioned about Chukameka you know that's the, that's the real risk to players like Sanson actually now, now we're talking about it he's down the pecking order again isn't he now Sanson you'll look at the impact and effect that they have and the 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 fact is we brought on I think a, a very very you know as good as many creative footballers in European foot in football at the moment you know he affected the game alongside a uh, 20 year old Ramsey I think that, that that can only be a good thing you know it was like Ramsey and Trip Moeka were like they were excited to be there and they were yeah. living loving life drive, doesn't it but these are players like, as we've said forwards. they're not scarred by the previous yeah. shit that, that no we've f- we've gone through you know I think you said at no the outset Chukameka was 9 when Coutinho was in the Liverpool yeah. team well that was the 6-0 Liverpool team that, that's seared into my memory hmm you know, that won't be seared into his. That was horrific. Fucking yeah. is. Well, we all sat there, didn't we, like idiots <laughs> watching that shit play out. And we're, we're you know, that's in our recent... <laughs> Did you? I sat there. Yeah, I, saw I, left, all six. I, left, I left on about 60 minutes. Um, and, and, I, and I just think that we're, we, we've come a long way from there. I mean, we're, we're still like years away from where we want to be. I don't think we should delude ourselves. You know, we saw how teams like Man City played against us. But when I look at how Man United are at the moment over those two games... We're we've got a away. clearer strategy than they have around player recruitment yeah. and and um, yeah. frankly a style of play. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you the difference that I've. <laughs> I don't need to be triggered into my rage, but Man United's entire game plan is it seems to be around individual players and and and, uh, and, f- and 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 persistent fouling and persistent feigning feigning of injuries. I think the bonus of what what we if if we can get you know more Ramses and more Chip Moekas that means that the money you do actually spend in the transfer window it's offset, you can spend isn't it? more yeah on You're better players glitter, rather, rather than rather having than... to yeah rather than having to buy six pretty good players you can if you get three academy guys that come in that are actually good you can buy three well, it's been adding niche instead. players isn't it that you're not you know players of with the technical ability of Buendia, you know, they it's it's look as much as developing a player, I think. And, and uh, let's talk about Buendia uh, because Buendia, he 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 does things. I mean, his balance, his low centre of gravity, he can he can turn on a sixpence and change the whole direction of the game, and and his ball retention is great. There was, as I was saying earlier on, players were guilty of Jacqueline Hyde moments. He made maybe three, and he, he you know held both hands in the air, three woeful passes. One of them, I think, went out to the touchline. And you're thinking, ah, but he does so much good that you, 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 you're you signing up for the Brent Buendia yeah. show every, you know, you're buying a ticket to the Buendia show every week, without a doubt. And obviously, not everybody's perfect. But if he can get his, you know, timing in a bit more then I don't think Cortinho's in here just a, a straight swap Absolutely because not. together it's like uh, it's just yeah. I mean, we, we talked last it? year on numerous occasions about the prospects of sort of Grealish and Barkley scheming 
all of a sudden I'm, I'm sort of looking at a holy trinity of Buendia, Ramsey, Coutinho. And you think yeah. of them, if they can, if, if you can get Coutinho fit and firing and those, and the, and the improve, the continual improvement of Ramsey and Buendia seems to be getting better with every game. I think it's beyond, yeah, it's beyond Bar- it's, Barnum um, and Grealish, isn't it? And then when you factor in wing-backs bombing on, I've said it a few times, sort of semi-sarcastically, but I do actually, the more I say it, the more I mean it, that when the, when it clicks, because you can see it's starting to, someone, we don't yeah. know when yet, someone's going to get, gonna they get are going to get fucking battered. <laughs> They're going to get absolutely fucking battered. <laughs> I was hoping it would have been United. Was, United. Yeah. That would have been perfect. I was hoping for that Liverpool 7-2 moment. 2-0 down with uh, yeah, 23 minutes to go, but we still won 5-2. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is now, this like it's like fitting them in because like I agree, I don't think you can you can think about dropping Ramsey or Buendia or Coutinho when he's when he's match fit. Yeah. Douglas Luiz is probably the one under threat because McGinn's going to get in there. Well, can Chuck Moeka maybe develop in the further back? But I, I don't know. You need somebody you need, disciplined. You, need to you look you? at Louise's stats and I think his pass completion was like 95%. He actually, for what he did, he did very well. There, there are some dangerous false narratives running at times. And I don't, I don't know where... It, it's almost like a... a yeah, thinking of some of the real, real shit football we've watched in Villa over the last, you know, again, recent history, really. You know, the, the stats don't lie for players like Luis. Yeah, they're not perfect. And I think that we, you know, we just talk about Buendia. By the way, 92.7% <laughs> pass completion, <laughs> you know, you, You're not a Brazilian international because you're shit. I, I, no. I'd also say, just to link it into Buendia, that one of the real pet hates of modern football for me is, is and it can be mis, misunderstood as, as scapegoatism, if you like, is that this idea that every single pass will come off. And, it, you know, it, it, yeah. when when doing the role that Louise is doing, you know, you're playing around some of the, you know, elite footballers of, of, of the game. You know, you're not going to win every single 50-50. You're not. And it's this, I don't know, it's the same with Buendia that, if if you do misplace two or three passes, but actually just think of some of some of the balls that he played just in the in the second forty five minutes against Man United, I didn't see the passes that he was. Got. I didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. see them. And if I'm not seeing them, there's yeah. no way the opposition is. And to have a player like that, it can only be healthy. You just mentioned in Chukameka, it can only be healthy to have players like Chukameka and and Ramsey developing around them. Just to compare the situation to what we have been talking about in previous uh, podcasts for this need for a balance and to have this steal. Uh, now, you know, we're naming a team where we're, we're putting in, uh, on the face of it, if we haven't got the ball, a reasonably lightweight team. If you've got Cortina, you've got Buendia in there, Ramsey. But where where does that steal go? Do, is it McGinn? Do we have to rely on McGinn? Is he the man? You have to have McGinn and Louise playing well. But isn't this doesn't this link into Gerard's observations around lack of squad depth? And I think that's why we're moving now. I, I'm not saying you go out and you replace McGinn, but you need to start finding. You, you either need to start developing that player who's who's coming through, um, or, or you need the next best. Or because we we haven't got a like for like swap in for that type yeah. of player. Yeah, yeah. And you can't I mean, just I put them off the shelf, by the way. No, like, I, mean, I remember when I first saw Chuck Maweka down at Bodymore, I mean, it would have been like a 23s game, and I saw him and I thought. Straight away, I was like, wow, Patrick Vieira. Because, you know, he's tall, he's running style, but he isn't that player. He isn't that kind of player. Oh, you dreamer. Yeah. You know, Chuck Maweka is basically a number 10. He's, he's, he wants to play more like a Yaya or a, or a Pogba. Oh, he's like, bloody Osborne, wow. How to lower the tone. Remember lower the when he was billed yeah. to us? Remember when he was billed to us as uh, our Patrick Vieira? Warsaw. Was it Warsaw he went to? Uh, probably at the same time Gary Gardner was being billed to us as our Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as I say to... <laughs> who, is, who, who comes up with this? Is this the Birmingham oh, Mail or is it the club's uh, it, PR I, 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 I must sound like a broken record. When people are, 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 
<laughs> when people are bemoaning a Douglas Louisa or a Buendia, just just flick through some of the names. Had. Yeah, Buendia, the best is to come. And, I think it'll uh, absolutely yeah. get better. It's a very exciting. You prospect. look at those guys yeah. training week in, week out together now, and it can only improve. Completely right about Buendia yeah. and his passing accuracy as well. I mean, you just need to look at the Bruyne passing accuracy. It sits around about seventy because he's always trying creative well, passes. Things. That's you the thing. You play yeah. on the knife edge, don't you? When you when you're, pl- you're taking risks. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, I mean, some of his passes are, are beyond most mortals' comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he's trying, then ov- obviously a few are going to go stray and they're going to look ridiculous when they do go astray. But that's because he's on another dimension. Yeah, one thing I think, in terms of, we mentioned how Gerard wants us to play, and he does want that overlapping fullback. I like Lucas Dini. I think there's going to be more to come from him. I think he could be become a big player for us. Matty Cash, I think, you know, he puts in a sterling shift defensively, but I do think we're going to need to just see a little bit of control and a bit of a level head when he gets into yeah. the final third because there was numerous occasions where he got his head down and thought, go on then, have a bit of confidence or the belief in your in your ability to just get into a position and deliver and he either smashed it in the whole tend or it's a little bit kind of like, I don't know, not a headless chicken, but it's like and a Russian. He repeats the, head, the same it? error, doesn't he? Yeah. That's a coaching uh, issue for yeah. me because that's I don't just, think he's short on ability. No, just get him delivering the ball. You know, he's not like a Trent or Alec, you know, these kind of players yet, but he's got it in him. I mean, he was one of our better performers in the early stage of this season, but just from an effort yeah. point of view. And you need a bit of bite like that in like the him. team because we haven't got a lot he of does- it. A lot he of it does in a, our makeup. A, a couple of things that are quite unique to him, where he, where other defenders sometimes turn and end up, um, you know, when they're under pressure, especially in his position, he seems to might manage to find a pass in that triangle forward or or, or get down the line. And uh, this is the bit where I think that the, you know, if he could mirror maybe some of the things that we've already seen from from Dean and, and other you know, modern attacking right backs. This is why I think it's a coaching issue. The amount of times he gets it, there was the one in the, in the second half against United where he's well placed and it, you know, it's closer to the other, the other side's corner flag than it, than it is the, the goal. Yeah. He has a tendency to he, smash he, them. He seems to want to hit it so hard and uh, yeah, a bit of composure. And, and I really do think, cause he, he has got a shot on him as well, uh, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it Everton? It was Everton, wasn't it? We saw. Yeah. Forest have done us over with their highlights <laughs> before, but I do think, as I say, I do think yeah. Cash has got, has got something we just might need to uh, uh, fine tune it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Coutinho, let's, let's finish on him. Uh, probably oh, as good as debut as you could expect. I was exhausted because after that. definitely, definitely was going to come off the bench. There's no way he was starting, and it was going to be a cameo. No, and, no, no, no. Uh, hang on. I just cameo. need to mention also a very, very Villa thing. Obviously, they've just scored, so they've, they've pissed on our bonfire there with 2-0 down. We're all feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. We bring on the star star midfielder, who then you think, finally, someone who can take a corner. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the most Villa moment ever. Oh, there he reaches the six-yard I'm box. Glad, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you oh, remembered no. that, because uh, <laughs> I did laugh to myself when I saw that. I thought this 143 is, million corner. As I was saying earlier on uh, about, you know, he, he gets to 2 0, he's thinking, well, it's all right playing 30 million for this guy, 30 million for that guy, getting this, you know, Coutinho in. And then I saw that corner and I thought, oh, God, that's David just started typing a message to back argument. to his friend in Barcelona at that point. <laughs> as, he, as he jogged over, I thought he might. I had this crazy thing. You remember how Norberto Solano couldn't take a bad corner? I thought, oh, this is going to be yeah. an amazing, whipped yeah. in, undefendable. Well, went, he's going to score direct like Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah, was just a lull, United into a into a false sense of safety for the remainder of the game because <laughs> after that he, once he, he? I, I think and again, this is based upon me watching a couple of interviews and a couple of comments I've seen in the press I think 
he, he perhaps was a little bit nervous initially. He, he seemed a little he's bit really shy, isn't he? Mm? Yeah. He seemed a Gerard little bit. He's a really shy guy. He's very softly spoken. He's just he's very polite and just wants to. He said, I think it was after the game. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, sort yeah. of said after the game that I just want to get on the pitch. He obviously hasn't had as much game time as he's wanted over what the last probably two years, three years. Man, I just want to learn how to take a corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, brilliant! But then you see. Little, I mean, we've only you know a little twenty-minute cameo, however long it was. But his first touch is exemplary, mm. and he picks a pass. Mm. And he's naturally—you saw the movement for the first goal and the second. That's where that bit of world-class quality is. It's like I might, I might not be match fit, but my movement is still there. And that second goal, he had to dig yeah. it up yeah, to make it sure it cleared. He uh, ran into the post the, in the process. The, yeah. No, I was ready to catch him. Don't you worry. At that point, I was down there. <laughs> He'd have been in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of players, even though they're getting paid fifty grand a week, they'd have hit oh, that straight up. I was thinking yeah, yeah. it was a great little touch for the first goal, the Ramsey one, where you know in a really tight area, they play through perfect pass for Ramsey and obviously buries it. And then the second one's a great ball from Wendia, isn't it, into that channel? Ramsey mm-hmm. actually yeah. looks up. But it's a good run as well at the back post. It comes from deep. Yeah. Timed it perfectly. Wasn't even close to offside. And when they were celebrating, you know, obviously Louise gets in there, the Brazilian connection. They're all set. But Coutinho Mm -hmm. looked for Buendia to celebrate (laughs) with. And it was nice, actually. A friend of mine was sat, I mentioned to you guys before recording, they were sat next to Buendia's, uh, sorry, um, Coutinho's agent, his wife and kids. And they were all virtually crying when he scored because they were just so happy for him. I think he's obviously had quite a difficult a difficult yeah. couple of years. Yeah, weren't the only ones crying. I was nearly crying. Oh, it's the- it was just a perfect <laughs> moment, wasn't it? I bet the I bet all the guys in the press box were just absolutely like laughing with glee. It was the perfect headline. You couldn't have a better impact. Yeah. And, and it then, couldn't have happened I mean, to a nicer football team either. That shut yeah. those. Hang on a minute. The perfect headline is dead <laughs> soccer player in coffin scores goal <laughs> to delight of Chile. No, we we couldn't sub target on. We used all our subs. <laughs> And we couldn't put, you know, we, we gave it a good go trying to put Fernandez in a coffin, but it didn't work. But I still thought, you know, we, we, we'll we get got, him next you know, season. Was, we'll get him next season. Minute, minute, wasn't it, when he scored? You think nine minutes plus there's got to be three, four of injury time. And I'm thinking at this point, we're going to go on and win this now. Well, I, I thought yeah. we were going to get beat 3 2 just to pop our bubble. But, you know, the fan in the stadium, uh, I thought not, man, not you my were brain that telling me bad things. I thought we we can get this if we want it. And you're thinking, do the players want it? And we had a free kick uh, just inside uh, their half and Martinez came up and waved everybody in the box. And I thought, excellent, that is the attitude. Let's go for yeah. it. Because, of course, we've been in situations where we're saying, you know, if you're not going to win it, make sure you don't lose it. But in this situation, it's yeah. worth gambling. Yeah, I mean, my, my feeling was that we, we it was a, it was almost a state of shock, I think, that we found ourselves in the last 10 minutes. And, and I thought United also, all the dark arts came out at that point um, to, to stifle the game. Yeah. But I think that the, the fact that, as you say, that we didn't take the view that, well, you know, two two will do and and, and whatnot. There was a bit of um, across the two games. We needed to get a bit of revenge, and I think that although we didn't win the game, I think the fact that we got it level after some a, a number of times where you just thought these fucking northern bastards are trying to do us over again. I mean, honestly, to a man, you sort of walk, I was walking out the turnstiles at Old Trafford on Monday, and every person you could hear over talking was sort of saying, "We'd better do these fuckers on Saturday." Yeah. Because you you, oh, you, yeah. you felt so positive coming away. And the amount of times people have come away from Old Trafford and we've gifted them a game or we've been absolutely deservedly smashed. That game was like, how have we not won this game? We've been like, screwed over in this one. No team have, have tortured no. us across a long period of time more than no. Manchester United in the last and 20 think, years or so. As much as 
Even you know, more, actually. We, we, we could have gone for the win, years. but the first half performance and the stupid individual errors, I'm positive about the result and the fight back, and it's great, but it's still with a hint of it's such a big opportunity wasted for Villa because that was a, the win yeah. was just there for them before the game, let alone during it. Man, you were there to be got. It's, it's one of those, you don't know... If you think, you know, you don't know if Martinez's mm, mistake mm, didn't happen, does that mm. keep the game closer and and we might have a better chance of winning it? On the second the second hand, you're thinking, well, if we didn't go into adversity and it triggered us into a life, you know, did we need that to jolt us into uh, life going 2-0 down? It's uh, it's a hard one. You know, it set up a real momentum uh, switch I, as well I, when I we got that first I think there's a mentality s- switch there as well that, you know, I, I think that bringing on a player like Coutinho galvanises you a little bit but mm-hmm. thinking across the two games I, I do feel and, and other games since since Gerrard's arrived is that I do feel our competitive edge has, has returned and you know there's been some yeah. a lot of our undoing has been the unforced errors that I, I mentioned before and also the you know poor moment lapses in defending that we've been punished for you know disproportionately yeah. punished yeah. It does seem to some degree that it's we make a mistake and we, yeah, and we concede but we're not making excuses in the post-match interviews that I've seen with, with Gerard is that, that like we, we have to we have to just deal with that. We can't feel sorry for ourselves. We can't. There's no point making excuses. Yeah, that was the takeaway, wasn't it, David? You mentioned it. I think it was the patron show when Gerard just came out at Old Trafford and went, well, "Close isn't good enough," and he thought that was not what yeah. we've heard from a num- you know a, a conveyor belt of previous managers. It is a mentality shift. You know, the facts are, if we didn't pull this game back and get a draw out of it, it would have been four losses on the trot and we'd be one away from equaling the, the uh, Dean and Smith another five and you're out. <laughs> well, yeah. but And also, you zoomed out further you know, with obviously the win at Norwich. I think it would have been something like six defeats in eight. But I think this yeah. is this is different. You know, I'm, you know, I'm very quick. I'll speak my mind. <laughs> um, I, I think those are two games that, you know, I'm not saying we should have won because... That I'm looking necessarily through Villa tinted glasses. I think that we there were things officiating wise in the FA Cup game that were just blatant, oh. and I think any neutral could will will say that there was something amiss there. And I, and I think that we had the the fact that we ran Man United close, having been two 0 down on what sixty seven minutes. Yeah, that's not that's not the Villa that I know <laughs> to get back into that in that manner. And I think there's a you know there's a change in personnel. There's an absolute change in the ethos of you know lo- losing. It's not that losing is unacceptable or drawing is unacceptable, but it's it's the manner in which that you that's a completely yeah. different. Yeah. In fact, very foreign, very foreign to, to to me as a Villa fan because we've put up with some uh, interesting post matches from a lot of our managers. And I and I think it's true. I think what you see is what you get. And and as you said earlier that that half-time display. There was no doubt in my mind as we trudged off because we needed improvements that they would be absolutely told. And from what I gather, you know, from what Gerard said, that, you know, he tells individuals. So there's no hiding. Uh, and I like that. And that's very much a yeah. Liverpool, you know, the Liverpool way. Let's close off the show by uh, asking the burning question. Well, what's the stat of the day, first well, of all, just quickly? Yeah, there's so many to pick from. We'll just go with Coutinho. He, he didn't manage a goal or assist in any of his seven Premier League appearances against Man United while playing for Liverpool, but netted Villa's equaliser just 14 minutes after his debut, or into his debut. Good stat. Yeah, and that's for Liverpool, that's 480 minutes he failed to uh, do anything uh, Right, in terms of burning question, uh, let's take this one. What does a successful season look like come the final day of the season? Uh, I, I think it's all it's all about, I mean, as I just said, if we didn't grab a draw here, it'd be four losses on the, on the trot, which no, no big deal in terms of this is kind of Gerard transition periods. But now uh, with two, these two 
and I think they are significant pieces in the the jigsaw. I think the next few games and bedding the men's going to be interesting, and it's going to be more like not where we are in the table at the end of the season. It's more how we're feeling. If we're feeling, let's get the next season started as soon as possible because we're ready to roll now then that's what I'm hoping for. I think that is a successful season. Not to be thinking that next season is another transitional season because Gerald's got to get his own players in, blah, blah, blah. In the summer, it's like we, we have been building this team regardless of who the manager is. I mean, the Ings, 30 million, the Buendia, 30 million, and Bailey. These are very relevant players to the next few years. So it's not as if, you know, it's out with the old and in with the new because, you know, you, you can't just build a football club yeah. reactionary like that. So I think if we're going in, ending this season on a high in terms of what our potential looks like in the here and now, and we can't wait till the next season to start, then that's what I'm kind of looking for. But I would expect for that to happen would be in the top yeah, top half, half has to be the minimum. I think you want to take momentum in. There's a, there's a sort of almost a little parallel with that first Martin O'Neill season you know, when he brought Ashley Young, Carew in. We'd kind of been hit and miss, frankly, most of that season. And then the last sort of month to six weeks, we really got good quite quickly. And you thought, oh, hang on a minute, this is a very good looking side here. And you're hoping for that. Yeah. I think on my, my, in terms of like little mini goals, I think to put a 90 minute performance in where you think, wow, we played well there for the whole game, not 45 minutes, not for a 10 minute period or 20 minutes, which we've done in numerous points this season. We've actually played well all game. And I think that what we'd said earlier on about the prophecy, we're yeah, going to someone's hammer gonna get some it. Yep. team if it all clicks. Well, do, do you not think that Everton's actually a bit of a, a gauge for that? Because they, they, I'm not sure whether they'll have a manager in post by then, but they're going to, you know, they've cleared out their, their manager. They're a team that, in fact, remind me of Villa as we were on our Going nowhere. slow decline to nowhere. And I, I don't wish that on any club, to be honest. But funny thing is, not so long ago that, mm. that they were in our shoes. They've got Rodriguez out of nowhere, like our Coutinho, and he was one of the best, you know, he was one of the super marquee players top five in the world marquee type players and of course they had Lucas uh, well Dean I, I think he's you know then. and they were very much on the up and they've collapsed well they've collapsed and I think that if, if we want to demonstrate you know we, we can't be sentimental and, and I think that we, we need to go t- to Everton and win we need a win for a start and I think that to, we, need to, to, put, to, we need to put a run together well, to yeah. take your Next. point around where you know what does a successful season look like it's it's going to teams who are in um, who are struggling and that is Everton and other teams now and we're on a bit of a run of games where you think right there's some wins there hauling ourselves into the top half of the table and I'd like to end the season with teams starting to look at us and not wanting to play us that's a yep. great springboard into next season yep. and and you know, there's still a brand new transfer window now but if we can get if the season can stay in hand I'm conscious that there's a World Cup that could be quite disruptive next season. I think if we could go into yeah. the next campaign, springboarding off off that, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens, actually. Phil Shaw, finally, before we uh, disappear off into the sunset. It's about putting the marker down for next season. Like Dan said, you want teams to, to fear us. I mean, if you look at Villa's confirmed next batch of fixtures, it's Everton, Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton and Southampton. I mean, this You've is still got Burnley to be rearranged, yeah, as which well. could probably be in the middle of that. So that's that's your season there. That's what well, that's your marker. That's your chance Absolutely. to put it down. Yeah, you want a good, you want a good unbeaten run. Yeah, good stuff. Before we go, just a big shout out to uh, the Mailman Said patrons. Uh, thank you very much for supporting the show as always, and we will be seeing you in Match Club for that twelve thirty kickoff against Everton. Big shout out especially to uh, Matthew Nichols, Chris McCauley for uh, signing up as a patron in the last week or so. And also to David Baker, Lewis Gordon, 
John Grogan and Nick, I think it's Nick Waste. It just said Nick, but uh, that's what it says on your email. Thank you very much for signing up as an annual member. If you sign up as an annual member, you get uh, 15% off, which is two months off. So thank you very much to those guys and also to Sanjay Patel for upgrading as well. If you want access to Match Club, our, uh, well, it's 24 hours, 24-7, but we also meet up for away games as well, uh, virtually, and uh, probably uh, we will uh, do some real meetups as well. We, we did the first one last year. Am I year. allowed to meet people again now? Will you? Yeah. Will you, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. We I think that restraining order has uh, expired. If you just don't tell anyone about it, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, please go to the myomensaid.com uh, website and click on the Patreon link for further details there. And uh, don't forget to uh, follow the podcast on whatever podcast app you follow. And uh, join us in the Medview Facebook group, uh, which is dedicated to listeners of the show. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter, at myomensaid.com said which is uh, also the tag for instagram and facebook although the facebook page it's not the facebook group that's the mad few right any final words not from me i was looking forward to rafa benitez i was looking forward to that and i've got a feeling eddie Hare will be sacked by the time we get to newcastle kind of everything and mysteriously disappear oh dear Plenty of jobs for Steve oh, Bruce please, to get back please, in the Premier please. League. Uh, please. <laughs> All right, until uh, the Everton game and a chance for a much-needed three points, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 2-2, two, two, fuck off! 2-2, two, two, fuck off! It is as well! Man, I don't believe what I just witnessed an absolute fucking crumble job from United! An absolute crumble job! <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.